0: Hallelujah, bless your name, Father, for your grace, your mercies, your loving kindnesses, which are better than life. Thank you for the privilege of sitting at your feet, learning from your spirit the ways of the Lord, the ways of truth, because you said that he will guide us. He will guide us into all truth, into all reality. Thank you for giving us understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom, that we may live our lives as we should, pleasing you, in pursuit of knowing you and loving you. Thank you for 2022. keeping us, for guiding us, and preserving us with your truth. Oh, how grateful, how grateful we are. Nothing happened that we were not prepared for by your Spirit. Thank you for prophetic insight and revelation into the future and in understanding the wheel, the intent, and bring us closer to understanding your heart. Your heart for us, your heart for your church, your heart for humanity. Through it all, your spirit has kept us, strengthened us. Mata kule barita skava, liamarun koshale bredikon satradiga varanansha. Thank you, Lord. Once again, <coughs> even as we look ahead to the upcoming year, we trust you. We trust that you will pilot us, that you will lead us. We trust that the glory, the splendor, the power of your word will continue to express itself in our lives. That you will have glory in our lives, that your word will be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master, for the opportunity and privilege of serving you. I do not deserve your grace. But you lavish it upon me anyways. Hence all glory and honor belongs to you. Thank you for twenty twenty-two. Thank you for 2023. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hello, family. I trust that you are well. On Sunday, we... began what i would call a preparatory teaching in anticipation of the year 2023 we are not entering into that year without a glimpse or a general understanding of what lies ahead. Because the Lord has revealed to us that 2023 will be a year on one side of severe judgment And on the other side, ye of greater glory, that in his grace, he would open up the deeper dimensions of glory to those who are willing to seek the Lord and access them. You know, God has greater plans, dreams for us than we could ever dream for ourselves. And it's something that, We can never learn or know until we commune and learn to commune with His Spirit. Because the Bible says, it is the Spirit that reveals to us the things which have been freely given to us by God. It is the Spirit. And the scriptures tell us that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has in store for them. In other words, the senses are incapable of perceiving those things which God has reserved for us. But it is through engaging, communing with the spirit that these things, these dreams that God has for us, this, these plans that he has for us can be revealed. And just like 2023, the Lord already knows everything that will happen on every landscape, the global landscape, personal landscape. And he chooses in his wisdom to give us a glimpse of some of the activities to prepare us and to help us walk right, to help us navigate this life as we should. So I said to us that there are essential principles that we have to adhere by in 2023 as instructed to us by the Lord. And I mentioned three, and I said I would elaborate on them during these services. And I just want to elaborate on the first principle on living in the Word. Living in the Word. Why? Is living in the Word important it is paramount really to our survival as as Christians as new creations because the scripture tells us that we are offsprings children of the word so the word is the natural habitat of the new creation it is how we were born and where we are born. The Bible says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, which is the word of God that lives and abides forever. If we are born of the word, that means we are eternal, our nature is eternal. And if, if if I were to even emphasize the reality of the scriptures, I would go as far as saying, we are immortals. And being immortals in nature, we have to constantly abide and familiarize ourselves with the habitations of the word. And this is something that very few, and I'm saying few relative to the multitude of the Christian family that exists in this world understand how to to live in the Word. If the life of the new creation, if the life of the Christian man will find embodiment in you, will find manifestation and expression in you, you've got to learn how to live in the word and you've got to learn how to develop a strong affinity a strong appreciation for the word of god because it is the word of god that makes the man of god without the word of god there is no man of god there is no child of god and It is paramount that we develop the right relationship and attitudes when it comes to the word. You know, if you read John 17 verse 3, the Bible says, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, my God, my God. He says, this is eternal life. That eternal life is is knowing God. The word there is ginosko. It is the apprehension of God's knowledge, not through the sensory uh, 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 perception or faculties but through a revelation that can only be born through constant communion with the word. The word is such a powerful force. The word is such a powerful force. You know has it ever dawned on you that when Jesus was faced with the temptations in the wilderness and Satan was tempting him do you realize That Jesus' rebuttals of the devil were not statements that were made by Jesus, but statements that were extracted that were made throughout the scriptures by different men of God whom the Spirit inspired. For one, when Satan said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones be turned into bread. If if you are the Son of God, Jesus was the son of God. God testified to that fact. The heavens opened and a voice spoke from heaven and said, You are my son. So God testified to who Jesus was. And Satan was testing Jesus for the very thing that God testified to. And Jesus does not take back or does not take Satan back to the Jordan River. To say, didn't you hear my father speak? Didn't you hear the voice? Didn't you see the spectacular take place? How dare you ask me if I am the son of God? No. No. Jesus, he doesn't say to Satan, don't you know that I am the word made flesh? Don't you know that I created you? Jesus doesn't say all those things. He doesn't. And in, 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 in rebutting the devil the way he did, he showed the humility or submissive attitude that the divine, that deity has to the word of God. The respect. The hallowed the treatment. Jesus uses nothing else but the written scripture to refute to rebuttal and to ultimately get the devil of his back. He says, it is written man shall not leave, it is written sana kalehe kratanda lositradanda and Satan, the Bible says, left him because Jesus said, it is written. Satan left Jesus because Jesus brought forth the word, the scripture to his spirit. When Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, The devil was defeated. Round one, Jesus had round one. Then he he took him on to the next temptation and Jesus continued to say, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the Bible says, and the devil left him. If Jesus being who he was, being who he was we know who he was he he was the eternal god we know who he was he he was god himself he was the word of god made flesh if jesus being who he was utilized or found it necessary To use the scripture as utility. In dealing with spirits. My brother. My sister. There is something in the scriptures. There is a force. There is a power. That exists in the scriptures. Which no dark force can contain. And maybe the reason why the scriptures are and its potency is not replicated in our lives is because we may not possess the appreciation that Jesus had for the scriptures. He said, I have not come to destroy the law and the prophets but to fulfill it. Then he says, heaven and earth shall pass but not one jot or tittle shall by any means pass away until all is fulfilled. There is an honor. There is a respect that we must have for the scripture, for the written word of God and it is that respect for the word for the scriptures that made men like Jesus Christ that made men like Moses and David David said to the children of Israel these words are your life when God called Moses When he called him up on the mountain, the scripture tells us that God said, come up here with two tablets that I may write my laws on them. So there's something about the written word. There is something about the written word, my brothers, my sisters, that is so vital to our progress as Christians, that is so vital to our progression into the dimensions of God. I'd like to read us something in 1 Timothy, chapter three. I thank God for the privilege Of learning his ways Of being introduced To the parts of his spirit I'll read you from verse 12 But really my focus Into verse 16 Because there's something I want us to extract there Verse 12, the scripture says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. You will be persecuted if your desires are aligned with Jesus Christ, aligned with the precepts and statutes of God, that is, to live godly. He says you will suffer. Then Paul pulls out a prophetic detail which is so relevant to our time. He says, but evil men and imposters, imposters are seducers, are people who who present themselves how they are not. And he says, they will grow worse and worse. He says, they will deceive and they will be deceived. And Paul is is trying to help Timothy preserve himself from this generation of men. He's trying to help him shield himself from the evil that is on the horizon. He says, but you must continue you must continue in the things which you have learned. Sometimes it is not necessary going out and seeking for the next best revelation or seeking out the next best thing when we have not mastered what God has given us. And sometimes that's what trips our generation is that we are going out seeking for the next best pastor, the next best man of God, the next best anointing, the next best revelation and we forsake the foundation. We forsake the things which we have learned in our beginning and being assured of Knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. He says, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. He says, the Holy Scriptures. You see, it's important how you handle the Word of God. It's important how you handle the the Scriptures. It's important. It's important. If it wasn't important, God wouldn't see to it. With the bloodshed of men, ensuring that we have this collated work of the Holy Spirit of God compiled to us and given to us as it is. God, if it wasn't important, God wouldn't give us. But we have the Holy Scriptures, a reference for dealing with God. And the Apostle says the Scriptures are able, and I still repeat what I said to you earlier on, that if Jesus, being who he was, thought it necessary to use the written word as utility, As a weapon against the temptation and onslaughts of of the spirit, Satan, then we cannot ignore the significance of the scriptures. We cannot ignore the significance of the scriptures, the substance of the scriptures. And Paul reassures Timothy that the scriptures inherently have an ability to make one wise. The scriptures, they can make you wise. Beyond what is said, beyond what is written, the spirit by which those uh, codex was written. He says, There's a substance in the scriptures that have an ability to make one wise through faith. You see, if if we don't learn to handle the written word with faith, we will look at it just like any other sinner looks at it. We'll look at those scriptures, look at the Bible, say, ah, the Bible, ah, the Bible. Yet it contains every answer. solution that one may need. So it's only through the lens the spirit of faith that we can handle and give the word the written scriptures the due respect and honor that it deserves. How much, this is the question did Jesus respect the scriptures? How much? Because they are able to make one wise. Do you realize that the Bible tells us that death reigned from Adam to Moses? That the the law, the law had the power to bring life. that if a man would observe the law, that death would not have its grip on them. They would not be in bondage to death and all its assailants. He says, the Holy Scriptures... The holy scriptures, they are sacred. How sacred are the scriptures to you? It says they are able to make one you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. And then he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means the Bible is the inspired word of God. God, it is God breathed. God has a seal on the scriptures, and that seal is his breath, is his inspiration. It is a divine collection of books. The scripture, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. The Bible says scripture is profitable. The scriptures are profitable. They are profitable for doctrine. They are profitable for reproof, to provide evidence. Of your faith of the reality of God, of the reality of the spirit realm, of the reality of the dimensions of God. The, the scriptures, the scriptures are profitable to provide evidences of the unseen God. That is the power of the scriptures. It is for correction, for instruction. In righteousness. It is the purpose. Is that the man of God. May be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means that without. The incorporation. Of the scriptures. Of the word of God. A man of God. A child of God cannot come into completion. He cannot come into completion. He cannot come into perfection. He cannot be thoroughly equipped. He cannot be fitted to participate in good works. And this is one of the reasons why... Christians are short handed and are unable to participate in areas in which they should. It's because they are not complete. Because they are not thoroughly equipped. They're not thoroughly furnished to work. Because they don't live in the Word. They don't abide in the Word. Because the Word. And the scriptures to them are still still books. They have not accessed the sacredness of the scriptures and thus accessed the power which, which refuted, resisted and caused the devil to leave Jesus alone. That's the power of the scriptures. That's the power of the written word. in the word I'm going to read you something in Colossians chapter 3 he says let the word of Christ dwell in you you see that let it you have to allow it you have to give the word permission in your life you have to welcome the word in your life You have to embrace the word in your life. He says, let the word, you've got to give time to the word. Let it settle, let it reside. Let it have its home in you, in in all its riches and wisdom. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Dwell in you richly. I ask, How much does the word dwell in you? How much? How much? How much of the word have you absorbed inside you? Does the word have residence in you? It says, let the word of Christ dwell in your heart richly. Let's read what Jesus himself said. If if, if we read John chapter 15, Verse seventeen, I mean John chapter fifteen, verse seven. Jesus says, "If you abide," the Greek word is menon. It it means to live, to to dwell, to tarry. If if you live in me, Jesus wouldn't tell us. To abide if that wasn't possible in him. So he says, if you live in me. If you live in me. And my words. Abide and live in you. He says, you will ask what you desire. And it shall be done for you. Now, this is the solution to many answered prayers or unrealized desires. Because here he never said, You will ask what I want. He said, What you want. So, if what you desire, what you want, is not done for you, then there is a condition you may not be fulfilling. He says, if you abide, if you live in me and my words live in you, says, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I read this years ago. And I said, Lord, if this is true, then I will make it a priority for your word and words to abide in me and for me to abide in you. And that's what changed my relationship with the scriptures, my relationship with the word, my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Because I acknowledged and recognize that the only true important thing for me as a man of God, as a child of God, is to ensure that I have a healthy relationship with my father. The Word of God is my Father. The Word is my Father. And more than anything in this world, He is who I want to know. And the journey begins with the written Word. The journey begins with the written word, in developing an appreciation, a love for the written word, for the inspired word of God. And that brings you, by the help of his spirit, into a reality known to Sadly, a few. But coming back to what the Lord says, you can have all that you want in life. All your desires. He says, you just have to prioritize living in Him and His words living in you. In other words, His words must be at home in you. He says, I will walk in them. I will walk in them. That's what God said. I will walk. I will live in them and I will walk in them. Is the word of God caged in you? Is the word of God alien in you? When it knocks, when it comes into you, does it come to stay or does it come to go? If it comes to stay, then Jesus guarantees that your desires will be done for you. And beyond, you know, beyond that, it's a life in reality. so begin to with yourself have an inquisition with yourself as to whether or not the word the holy scriptures have a place in you that your love your appreciation of it has a place in your life and if you find that there is a lack therein I would advise that you go on your knees and you ask the spirit you ask the father to help you see the sacredness of the scripture the sacredness of the word and by faith begin to see and handle the word of god the written word of god more different than you did before and continue a deep journey a deep fellowship But the Word, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. There is glory in the Word and it can be extracted. It can be expressed and manifested in your life. Hello, the scriptures. Hello, the scriptures. Hello, you see, you, you will never have a deep appreciation for the spoken word of God until you learn to have a deep appreciation for the written word of God. It, it will be difficult. Jesus said, Why are you not able to hear my speech? It's because you do not believe. It's because you do not hear my logos. You do not hear my word. My word to you is is my logos to you is like is like lalea. It's a speech. May the word of God live inside you and may you live in the Word, may you live in the Word. May the Word shape your cogitations, your minorisms, your mindset and mentality and your perspective on life. And I pray by the Spirit of God that He pours out His grace upon your life and allows you to see and live in the sacredness of His word. Well, thank you. I hope this message blesses you. God bless you. Until next time, goodbye.